Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Footy with Dad podcast, where Julian and his son Jake will be discussing their weekly footy experiences together and their love of the game. Get ready for discussion, arguing, laughing and crying about all things football. Hello and welcome to Footy with Dad episode. It's been a really tough week this week. Um... I surprised Jake with tickets to Manchester United the night before. So we had an eight-hour round trip to Manchester on Wednesday. And we've just come home from seeing us lose second time this week at home to Newcastle. Um, I'm hoping it's not going to be a tough podcast today because Jake's never one to have many words when Spurs lose. Uh, But we'll try and pick the bones out of today's performance and obviously have a review on, on Wednesday night's game as well. Jake, disappointing. Very disappointing. Very disappointing week, like you said. Um, started on Wednesday night against Manchester United. I thought we were poor, we were flat, we didn't offer much. Um, and, you know, I think we were quite lucky what that game. What about Wednesday or today? <laughs> to be fair, it applies to both games. Um, but I think, you know, um, United on Wednesday, I think, it, you know, I think we were, the only positive was it was only 2-0. Um, Lloris made you know a few brilliant saves, um, and we could have easily lost that four or five nil on the night. Um, and yeah, unfortunately today we needed to see a reaction, and we saw nothing. It's a bit strange because I thought we st- a bit like United on Wednesday. I thought we started okay today. Um, yeah. I mean, Son had about four shots in the first ten minutes. Yeah, um, and we-, we looked like we'd taken it. On, on the front foot, at least. Um, I mean, there were a few changes. I mean, obviously, driving up to the game, we we heard that uh, Romero and Holberg were out due to minor injuries. Uh, so hopefully they're both back for Wednesday. Um, Sanchez worries me. I mean, that's a bit harsh. He's actually played okay when he's coming on in the past. But what worries me is when he played on the same side as Emerson. I think, you know, I think Newcastle knew that as well because a lot of their attacks in the first half came down that side. Um, but then Skip came in for, for Holberg and it was good to see him, him come back. Um, he lasted about an hour. But uh, I thought we started off OK. As I say, Son had, had a few chances. Um, I wouldn't say any of them were, were clear cut. But uh, at least we he was shooting, and you know we we, we seem to start off in a, a positive fashion. Um, and then 
you know, they, they scored um, on the half hour, pretty much. Uh, Wilson. Um, the incident with, with Hugo happened just in front of us. And obviously it went to VAR. What, what did you think? For me, I'm, for me, I don't understand why this even went to VAR. It was it's just a clear, it was a clear and obvious horrible mistake from Lloris. I don't know why he didn't just wallop that into Rosette. Um, don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was trying to get from VAR as well. Um, yeah, because I mean, like you said, we had a quite good view on it, and I couldn't see anything wrong. Well, with we, we thought it was potentially for a push on Hugo, and then VAR said it was checking for a possible handball. Now, I haven't seen it since we got back because we're, we're literally recording this podcast as soon as we've walked through the door. Um, I, I saw a still image on, on Twitter, um, w- which looked like it did hit his arm, but, you you know, admittedly, you can't, you can't uh, tell from that. But listen, I'm not one to blame refs when we lose. You know, I'm not like a typical gooner, um, you know, he should have just cleared it, uh, Hugo, uh, put it into Rosette, um, and then, you know, cleared our lines. But uh, he didn't. I mean, obviously, Wilson took it quite well. He, he turned and, you know, chipped the ball into an empty net, which was frustrating. But there was still an hour of the game to go, you know. I didn't think we'd, you know, that's it. We've lost at all. Um, but uh, that was definitely self-inflicted. Um, the second goal was... Again, that's total self-infliction, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's just it's just a bunch of comedic errors really leading up to the goal. Um, and you know we uh, you know we've seen that plenty of times before. Um, and yeah, it's another costly bunch of mistakes that lead to another goal. Yeah, I mean, I thought you know though. I thought Cessnon could have been a little bit stronger. I mean, you know, Amiron is obviously in the form of his life. I mean, he, he's he's scored quite a few goals recently, uh, but he just didn't have the strength to hold him off. And uh, it was a good finish, went underneath Hugo. Could he have done better? It was quite near him. Not sure, but it was a poor goal, you know, the build-up leading up to that. Um, and that was five minutes just before half-time. Then half-time came. And then... Uh, the heavens opened, didn't they? I mean, I've never seen rain like it at halftime. Yeah, the rain during during that halftime was absolutely crazy. And we were just hoping that the game, you know, maybe get called off or postponed. Uh, we were clutching at straws, but we were, definitely when lightning, uh, you know, started, we, we thought, oh, maybe they could delay the second half. But they, they came out in the rain. There was still lightning and thunder when they kicked off. Um and you never know how that changes, you know, changes the game. You know, the pitch was obviously a lot more slippery um, and we, we needed to attack. So, um, you know, I thought we started the second half OK. Um, I mean, obviously Kane scored after about 10 minutes in the 54th minute, I think it was. Um, again, though, like so often, you can't 100% celebrate a goal without looking yeah. at And what was strange about this is, there was no, you know, no Newcastle player was appealing for it. No. Get. You know, he scored. They ran back to the halfway line. Uh, they were just about to, you know, kick off. And the ref was like, 
holding them off, you know, not not to. Um, but luckily, well, I don't say luckily because I'm not sure there was anything wrong with it. Uh, that was 2-1 and we had just over half an hour um, to go and you thought, mm, maybe their tails are up, you know, let's go for it. But um, I think Newcastle, in fairness... They defended well. They still continued to attack, um, even at 2-1. They, they certainly, not sure you can totally accuse them of sitting back. I mean, you can accuse them of uh, wasting time, that's for sure, can't you? Well, yeah. Um, you know, Joe Linton going down every 10 minutes. Nick Pope, every goal kick. Um, it wasn't until the 83rd minute. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's pathetic. He gets booked in the 83rd minute. And even after that, he's still time-wasted a bit. Um, but surprise, surprise, he got away with it. But no, I was, I was disappointed because you know once you know Kane scored, we got our first goal. I thought you know the amount of times we've seen this Spurs team, um, you know, come back from one or two goals down. I mean, we were there at Leicester uh, almost a year ago now. We know what you know. We know that our mentality has seemed to improve under Conte, and you know, you know, we score that goal, and there's still plenty of time to go. Um, I really thought, you know, with the atmosphere as well, I really thought we were going to kick on. Um, but even after that, I mean, we had a few half chances, but it didn't really create anything after that. No, I mean, what can, you can accuse Conte of doing in the past, especially against Arsenal and, and against United, he sort of gave up with about 20 minutes, half an hour to go. Um, I don't think that was the case today. I mean, he brought on Perisic for Sessignon after 61, and then on 66, he brought on Lucas for Skip. Um, so, you know, listen, we haven't got Richardson at the moment. We haven't got Kulisowski. Um, so he is, he is missing two very attack-minded players who would, you know, normally be in our starting 11. Um, so... You know, I, I felt he, I don't think you can point substitution as, as being negative. I mean, the only thing was, you know, in the 81st minute, he brought on Doherty and Davis uh, when he still had, obviously, Gill on the bench. And I thought, you know, potentially, you know, Doherty to go go down the wings to cross it in. Um, you know, you could have sort of understand that. Didn't really understand Davis coming on. Um, probably would have liked to have seen uh, Gill come on um, to see, you know, if he could cause some problems running at their defence in the last five minutes, especially with the rain still coming down. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just very frustrating, you know, on, on the back of losing against United on, uh, on, on Wednesday. It's been a poor week. Um, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, the journey home was a bit quiet um, with you and your brother. Um, mm. We were listening to Talk Sport, and I don't know if Talk Sport employ idiots to to ring up uh, because you know there's some people that will Conte out. Um, I don't know what you think about that. I mean, I, I think if you're Conte out, you really need to give your head a wobble. Um, I mean, just look at what he managed to do with a, with a bang average squad last season. You know, he came in, you know, I mean, when he came in, obviously, he had none of his own players. Um, and we were there at Burnley um, when, you know, he said what he said and it looked like, you know, within a matter of minutes, he could just be out the door. Um, and since then, he managed to, you know, transform our whole season and we ended up somehow getting top four. We have no right to, we have no right to be in the Champions League this season. No. Uh, and 
you know, a big part of that is, you know, of Conte. I think if we don't have Conte, we're not getting top four at that stage. So, well, if we don't have Conte, uh, I think Kane's contract is entwined with what Conte yeah. does. So, Conte goes, Kane goes. And also, you know, people are talking as if we're like seventh. We got to remember we're third after what 11, 12 games. You know, I, I mean, I can't remember exactly, but I presume, you know, I mean, this time last year, you know, we, you know, we sat Nuno and we were in a terrible place. We were like eighth or ninth. Then I can understand the frustration, but okay, yes, I understand that, you know, maybe, you know, some games, or well, I mean, most games, we are playing the most attractive football. Um, but up until this week, we have been grinding out the results. Um, and unfortunately, this week we've come a bit unstuck. But, you know, we've played two solid teams. Newcastle look, you know, they really look good this season. I mean, they're now fourth. Not sure if they'll be able to stay there or not, but they look good. And, you know, United, you know, I know they started the season off a bit dodgy, but, you know, they've still got quality players at the end of the day. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, yes, Arsenal are flying at the moment, but, you know, Arteta's been there for three years, you know. <sighs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Conte's been there, hasn't even been there a year, right? Mm-hmm. He, he had his first window was January, which is always a difficult window to buy. Um, we brought two quality players in Bentica and Kudo. Uh, absolutely, you know, they're the reason, uh, excuse the pun, the son, um, they're the reason we're playing on Wednesdays. Um, because I think without those two clicking straight away, um, we wouldn't have made Champions League um, at the end of last season. And in, in the summer, you know, I know people say you bought seven players, but hold on, right? Let, let's analyse those seven players, right? Fraser Foster, a backup keeper, right? So he's never going to be a big part of, of the first 11, okay? Perisic, uh, well, you know my views on Perisic. I was very excited that we signed him. I think he was going to be a quality signing for us. Um, I've been disappointed. Um, I've, I've been disappointed in him. Um, Basuma, he's hardly played. Um, obviously, had COVID um, pre-season. Um, he didn't start many games at the beginning. He's played a few games. He's looked okay. I think it's fair to say hasn't really settled. Um, had, had a poor game against United. Um, don't think he really did that much today. But then I don't think anyone really did that much today. Um, Spent is another one. Never played. So, you know, you can't judge him. 
Uh, Richarlison, I think, has been a a, a good buy. Um, you know, especially as he he does give us a bit of competition for attacking places. Uh, does he really gel with Son and Kane? I'm not sure, uh, but I think that was a quality a, a quality buy. Um, um, I'm not sure quite how to pronounce it, but the guy that we signed from uh, is it uh, Undanese? Uh, yeah. How much yeah, is um, who's on loan back in Italy this season? And then there's uh, Longley, uh, who's again alone. So we brought players. We, we probably, you know, we improved the squad for sure during the summer. Uh, but, you know, we haven't really, especially with the injuries that we've had with Richardson and, you know, as I say, Basuma, we haven't really improved the first 11. And I think, I think that's where. We really now need to start looking in in, in January and also big time um, next summer. I mean, next summer we don't need to buy seven players. Um, we probably need to buy three quality players for the price that we laid out for the seven. You know, in the summer just gone. Uh, but um, I mean, looking back in hindsight at the summer window, what what are your thoughts now after twelve games? Um, well, I think you've summed it up quite well. We improved the squad, but I'm not sure how much we've actually improved our starting eleven. Like you said, the majority of our signings, like Basuma, for example, you know, he only really features if we play a three-five-two. If we play a three-four-three, it's just um it's just Hoiberg and Ben Tanker. So yes, I think we improved the squad. I, I still think it was a good window. Um, but like you said, in January now, I think we need to, you know putting more focus in the actual starting eleven, um, because I, I still think we are a few players off where we want to be. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think I think what Arsenal did well is that they improved their, their first eleven. I think, you know, maybe previous transfer windows that they, you know, improved the squad. Um, and I think, you know, listening to Conte's comments after the game today, you know, he hasn't flown off the handle. He, he's been quite, uh, you know, quite honest, saying we're very early in the process. And I think that's 100%. You know, if we're still playing like this next year, uh, next October, November, then I can understand people being, you know, thinking we're playing negative and what have you. The only criticism I, I've got with Conte is his whole system is very much the wing-backs. We've got crap wing-backs. You yeah. Know? Um, excuse my French, but you know you've got Emerson and okay, Doherty's only recently come back, but you've got Emerson and Doherty on one side. Um, you've got Cessna on on the other with Perisic. Um, Perisic, I think, has been disappointing this season. Cessna on, you know, I really want him to succeed, and you know, I, I've been quite. Uh, non-critical of him but I think he was at fault uh, for their second goal today um, we just haven't got the quality wing backs to play the system that I think Conte wants and I think you know once he gets those wing backs um, you know I mean I, I just don't know why he's not giving Spence a go he, he's got to be he's got to be better going forward than Emerson um, you know. I don't think that's very hard to be honest no, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you don't know. You don't need any encouragement to criticise Emerson. But, um, you know, I just think, you know, maybe the World Cup ha 
is going to come at a good time for Spurs. Um, you know, we, we've lost two this week. Um, so it's just frustrating. It's frustrating because we listened to the Arsenal game on the way up and, you know, we thought they've dropped two points. Let's really take advantage of this. And uh, I think had we won today, we would have, uh, you know, our position in the top four uh, would look quite comfortable. But as it is, uh, we've got teams hovering who have got games in hand over us. Um, And Newcastle are are fourth now on goal difference. So uh, it's it's going to be difficult. And I think, you know, a bit like last summer, um, last January, we're we're, going to need to make a two, you know, at least two good uh, signings to, you know, really being contention to finish in the top four. Well, that's it, isn't it? You know, last year we brought in Kulisewski and Ben Sanker, who, you know, helped us more than we could imagine to get top four. Um, but like you said, a big thing that, you know, we need to do is trust the process. You know, we've heard Arsenal fans say it countless times over the past couple of years, and now they're starting to reap the rewards. They're back to Arteta. Um, you, know, no, uh, you know, and now look at them. They're, you know, they're top of the league after 11, 12 games. So, we, we can't judge Conte after just a couple transfer windows. Listen, um, up, to, up to a couple of weeks ago, you know, apart from, I think, Liverpool and City, um, no one scored more Premier League goals, you know, since January than, than Spurs. Um, you know, I think, I, I, yes, it's not the most attractive every week to, to watch, uh, but, you know... I really don't care, you know, after watching Spurs for so long play good football and win absolutely nothing. um, I really, you know, I don't think it's awful football. I think when it clicks, it's very nice to watch us counter-attacking. And I think you just got to accept that with Conte. Um, And if it brings us silverware, great. But, I mean, people who are, you know, just, just absolute tools, you know, ringing radio stations, never probably been to a game, um, wanting Conte out. I mean, I'm not quite sure how we got him uh, to the lane. We have. I think we've got to do everything possible to give him what he wants. Um, and that's back in. We, we, we backed him last January. Um, we backed him to a certain degree. I, I think we could have done more in the summer um, and gone out and uh, either really brought a quality right back, uh, right wing back, um, and, and a probably creative midfielder, because I do think we, we lack that. Um, but yeah, listen, it's frustrating, um, you know, but, uh, you know, looking at the other results, you know, yesterday and today, I mean, Liverpool have yet to win away from home. Well, that's all right because you know they're coming to the lane in a couple of weeks. So, oh, oh. Jinx, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Liverpool. I mean, we thought maybe after their win against Manchester City last week and beating West Ham midweek, you thought maybe you know have they turned the corner? Um, but no, they were you know they went back to their unusual selves like they have been this season. Um, but you know what an outstanding performance and what a win for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, mad. I mean, you know, I watched a fair majority of the game, and um, you know, they uh, they they took their chance, and uh, Liverpool didn't, and that's now I think two two draws, three defeats on the road for Liverpool. So, you know, and that's also what's frustrating. Had we won today, we've gone ten points uh, 
above them. I mean, our game against them in a couple of weeks at, at White Hart Lane is going to be crucial. We can't afford to lose that. Uh, that, that that's for sure. Um, and then we touched on it briefly. Arsenal dropped two points today um, against Southampton. I watched the first half um, and I thought they are going to win it, you know, two or three nil. So very pleasantly surprised they were paid back to one all. Um, another result that went our way was last night, Chelsea won all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it went our way. A draw was, you know, the perfect result. Um, I think for all the teams really in like the top seven, um, you know, and I think that's what makes, you know, the Spurs game today even more frustrating that, you know, teams around us, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea and United, Arsenal and Liverpool all dropping points. Um, it's just, it's just gutting really that we couldn't capitalise on it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, did you think it was a penalty for Chelsea in the last few minutes? I think it's very, very silly. I think it's very clumsy from McTominay to bring him down. I think I think some refs give that and I think some don't. Um, but it turns out the referee did give it on the day. I, I thought it was quite harsh. Um, I, I thought it was quite harsh. And, you know, I watched it with you and, you know, we thought, OK, 87th, 88th minute, 1-0. I think they've got away with it, uh, Chelsea, because I thought United, you know, in parts played, you know, good football and, and deserved at least a draw. Um, and then literally a bit like what we did when we went to the bridge, um, they got a last minute headed equaliser. Yeah. Yeah. Casemiro with a fantastic looping header. Um, and it literally just about went over the line. It was a lot closer than I actually thought, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a brilliant header, and yeah, it got you know it got United a big point at the end of the day. It's never nice to see Chelsea concede in the last minute. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, and there's been a lot of talk. I mean, even today on uh, the radio driving home, they were talking about Cristiano walking off. I mean, obviously, uh, we actually left the stadium before Cristiano did. Uh, on Wednesday um, obviously Neville and uh, Roy Keane had a big to-do on Sky Sports last night after the game um, what, what's your thoughts on that? I think Ronaldo I think he knew what he was doing I think you know when he's walking down that tunnel he knows he knows the media is going to talk about this for days um, you know and that's exactly what they were doing we turned on talk sport on the way I mean they were still talking about it Um I think it. I think it is disrespectful. I know, you know, you could argue that he hasn't had the best treatment from um, from United. It's clear that Ten Hag isn't his number one fan, and you know he's almost waiting uh, day by day now for January to come so they can um, ship him out because he does seem to be the big elephant in the room at Manchester United. But I still think it's disrespectful. With only a few minutes left, um, I just think you have to sit there and you know, talk it out in private with Ten Hag after the game. I don't think you need to go and make it public. Well, he always he always tends to make it all about him, doesn't he, really? Yeah, that's it. You know, he, yeah, he, he he wants to have the limelight. And that's, you know, he, you know, and like I said, he knew full well what he was doing when he was going down the tunnel. He knew everyone was going to be talking about this. And, you know, that's what they're doing even four or five days on. Yeah, no, definitely. And anyway, let, let's try and leave on a positive. Um, we're playing Champions League football this week. Uh, we'll yeah. go on Wednesday. Um, 
not, not every North London club is playing Champions League football this week uh, or yeah. in this season. Um, so big game Wednesday night at home to Sporting Lisbon. And um, if we win, well, I think if we if we win, we're, we're definitely qualified as, you know, second place. Yeah. We win. And I think is it a Frankfurt win as well? Yeah. Yeah, I believe if we win and Frankfurt get a win over Marseille, then we top the group and that Marseille game will mean absolutely nothing, which would be absolutely lovely. Well, it'd be lovely on, on, on two fronts. A, because we can sort of rest players, which I think, you know, we definitely need to rest Kane and Son uh, and probably Dyer is probably looking a bit, bit knackered. Yeah. Um, and you personally want to, to, to win and uh, Frankfurt's result to go our way because you, you want to go to Bournemouth that night, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, look, they're at home um, and, you know, if our game against Marseille means absolutely nothing, you know, I, you know, why not, you know? I'm not going to waste an evening, you know, watching a pointless game or keeping on the score and that, but, you know, in the end of the day, if we get the job done and, and the result goes our way midweek, then happy days, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Well, let, let's get Wednesday out of the way. Let, let's hope we can at least, you know, get back to winning ways um, and, and qualify for the knockout stages of the Champions League. Uh, I think that's all we've got time for on tonight's episode. Uh, thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the uh, the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And until next week, come on you Spurs. Podcast Network.